Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Tuesday evening via Zencaster after uh, a little uh, vacation uh, we gave ourselves is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, thankfully, this Islander season has come to an end. We can all uh, move on with our lives and do all the postmortem work on this season that has been, I guess, dead for quite some time and has now finally been put to rest. And uh, it's a weird existence right now uh, as an Islanders fan, but uh, I think we're all pretty relieved that we don't have to watch this team play anymore, even if teams that we hate are still, in fact, playing, which is very unfortunate. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's it's quite appropriate uh, for this show, which is titled Islanders Anxiety, that this is the 200th episode. And uh, I think, you know, because of the way the Islanders have been going the past three seasons uh, prior to this one, a lot of people probably started listening to the show and, uh, didn't hear us when it was truly, you know, darker times, rock bottom at some points. Uh, there's definitely a couple episodes. The, the one where, you know, John Tavares right after that uh, happened, it definitely comes to top of mind. And uh, But from that point, it, it's for the most part until, you know, the season, which I would consider would, would, ex- uh, which I would say is, was more weird than, scary um just because you know it does feel like the team's on stable ground they're playing in a brand new arena that we never thought was going to happen um like so the uncertainty 
element was kind of missing from the show because things were going well. And we're not just going to, I mean, we find things to fret about even in the best of times for sure. Um, but we, we were truly enjoying the ride and now here we are episode 200 and I'm, I'm, you know, bricking it about <laughs> the way the playoffs are and the fact that the Islanders aren't in there. And yeah, like we're the Islanders came so close twice in a row um, mm. to getting to a Stanley cup final, which I, you know, kind of never fathomed would happen in my lifetime. Uh, and now I'm, you know, really scared that the two are the two teams I hate the most are going to do it. And I just keep thinking it must be so much, you know, life as a, and I'm sure that, you know, I, I don't want to say the coyotes, but the, the point remains the same, like a team like the coyotes or um, I don't know, predators or someone that the existence probably is a lot easier where, you know, you know, if you don't make the playoffs, it sucks. And, you want to be there, but you don't really have to deal with, I guess, the emotional baggage. And I know every team has rivals and whatever, but you know, the Predators fans don't all live among or are related to <laughs> Dallas Stars yeah. fans uh, like we are here. They didn't, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure that they they still have a lot of animosity towards like Minnesota Wild fans, but they don't walk outside their front door and see mm. someone, you know, with a Rangers shirt on every night, <laughs> like you know, right. or every day, like we will. So yeah. Um, yeah, well, there's always like the brothers and and mothers and sisters right. and fathers. Like you know, you're a Renton Islanders fan, they're a Rangers fan. I don't think other teams it's, have a lot of that. It's it's really tough, and yeah. this is when it, it and it's not been like this for a while because the Rangers have been, not been a factor in the playoffs since 2017. The Leafs, um, you know, they they do their thing where they go through the, the uh, they go out in round one, but it doesn't. It just doesn't look good right now. We're recording this on, um, you know, Tuesday night. The Leafs stormed the the Lightning. Uh, to, where was that Tampa Bay Lightning team when when we got to play them? I don't know. But uh, and now the Rangers. Uh, last I checked, we're up two nothing on the Penguins. So it's just it's it's. I think it is actually kind of a fitting time to record this episode, <laughs> the seminal episode of the show, which right. for a large part of its history yeah. was all about. The fact that the existence of being an Islander fan was just not fun. And we were just kind of questioning. You know, I could remember that John Tavares episode. Hell, there was a off-Broadway musical written or play written about that John Tavares episode <laughs> and like leading up to it where, uh, you know, we, we were kind of being like, why are we doing this? And yeah. then we got the answers last year. And now I'm sitting here thinking, why am I doing it? <laughs> yeah there's gonna be a lot of that uh you know I, the only thing i want to say is like series are long and, and games are long so we, we don't know what's what's going on right now but uh yeah it, it is a weird time and i don't you know there's a lot of teams that the islanders really hate i was actually thinking about that the other day you know basically it's all the teams that that we hate you know even beyond just the rangers and leafs it's the penguins it's the caps it's the hurricanes like every team that it's even the lightning, like every the ball, the Bruins, like every team that the Islanders fan has a beef with is basically there. You know, I mean, it's not like the uh, the playoffs are full of teams like Columbus or the Devils or you know even the Habs, like teams that don't have any any kind of connection to the Islanders at all uh, are all kind of there. Even even the Avalanche, you know, they got Devontae. So I mean, if they do really well, it's going to be like you know re re looking at that trade again. So it's it's not going to be a fun time. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's I don't know. I feel like I've gotten to the point where I just don't really care anymore. Like I, I've I've muted a lot of people on Twitter. I don't live in the city. In fact, I'm only going to the office, you know, a couple of days a week anymore. And and uh, I just I just don't care anymore. Like I just I'm not going to say I don't care because then if 
something happens and I do care, then I look stupid. But like, I, I think people have come to grips with the fact that the Leafs are just the worst. Like they're just the most smug, idiotic, loud, obnoxious fan base on the planet. And I, I don't get why other fan bases, the annoying thing to me about the Leafs is that other fan bases root for their success, which is like, None of these people root for the Yankees when they're in the world in the playoffs <laughs> or the Lakers or the Cowboys. Like, could you imagine Eagles fans rooting for the Cowboys in the playoffs? No, that would be ludicrous. The Giants fans wouldn't root for the Cowboys or Washington in the playoffs. That's ludicrous. But yeah, for some reason, I follow like Flyers fans and Caps fans that are cool rooting for the Leafs. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, it's the same teams. Like, I don't you know. What's, what's the difference between the Leafs and the Cowboys? Nothing. <laughs> I think a lot of it is, is has to do with, with the way the media is yeah. kind of structured in hockey, right? right? And fifty one percent of it covers the Leafs. <laughs> right. So so these you know, the the kind of trickle down effect of that is right. is is that these people that kind of are buddy buddy with, with writers or people who run their own sites, uh hmm. will 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 root for them. And it's similar like the Rangers, it's it's almost a similar thing here in New York. Um if you think of like the greater sports media in new york it's it's you know the it this sounds like a dated reference and it is but the point stands <laughs> is like when the rangers would be in the playoffs i used to joke that it it took a round and a half uh back when the, during the lundquist right. era for the city to realize that the rangers were making a run like oh it, definitely it, and totally then, but when it yeah. happened it became you know they it was on uh you know anywhere you looked if you if you were and this is different now because there are so many specialist media sites we can go to to just get Islander content or hockey content or whatever. But like back when you had to listen to WFAN or you had to watch uh, TV or whatever, like you, all you heard about was this Rangers run. Um, and it was, and it was unavoidable and it was especially unavoidable if you lived on Long Island or, you know, where you are in, in like the Jersey suburbs or in the city, any of the boroughs. And when, when the, when the, City finally realized that the Rangers were making a run. Usually, like I said, happens after they won a round and they're in like, you know, 2-2 in the second round. Chris Kreider's already <laughs> run into a goalie and given him a concussion and he's out. So like th- those are the bingo. And they're like, okay, the city's going to know now. And when it happens, Manhattan becomes a hellscape presented by Chase. And it's just, <laughs> you just don't want to be anywhere near it. And in a, in a weird way, like, there's that which happens in real life, right? Like there's actual like building structures where you look up and you'll see Jason Ward or Yarmir Yager's face staring right. down at you. Whereas in, in not IRL on Twitter, it feels the same way with the Leafs. You're like, why? I'm, I'm not, I didn't go actively looking for a, a no. fluff piece about Michael Bunting's relationship with his cousin from Scarborough <laughs> or whatever, but here it is in my timeline somehow. Yeah. Um, you know, like that's, that's what's so frustrating. And right. we, we are we're Islander fans. This is an Islander podcast, but I think that over you know the, the course of the history, the two hundred episodes of this podcast, uh, I I've heard a lot from a lot of people that I've, I thought it would be the opposite, where people are like, "Can you just talk about the Islanders?" Like we let's come to listen to the Islanders, but like because of the way our fan base is situated and and, and the way it's treated by other people, it, this stuff kind of is part of being an Islanders fan, um, mm. and it's a big yeah. part of it, right? Like it, for for, sure. for the most of my life the NHL playoffs basically meant I'm just here to root against the Rangers. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not taking a deep breath. I'm not enjoying anything. I'm, mm. I can't taste or smell anything. It's like, I have COVID again. Like I, I just, I can't taste or smell anything until Henrik Lundqvist is shaking someone's hand and he's very sad. And mm. now 
it's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely feels that way a little bit. Um, and uh, it's going to feel that way, I guess, for a little while. Uh, we are going to talk a lot about the Islanders this episode, probably majority of the Islanders. So if you were trying to look for Islander stuff, I promise you, we are, <laughs> you are going to get a lot of that. Uh, my, as Mike said, this is our 200th episode. We'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the episode. We also are uh, going to do something a little bit different. So pay attention to the end of the episode and we'll, we'll give you more details on that. Uh, one thing I can tell you what we're going to do right now going forward uh, for the f- next couple of months, since the Islanders don't have any playoff games to play, we're going to be alternating episodes of Islanders Anxiety and Weird Islanders. So this is obviously an Islanders Anxiety. Next week, we'll have a Weird Islanders. The week after, we'll have an Islanders Anxiety and so on and so forth. Barring any breaking news, the Islanders making a big trade or some kind of crazy thing happening, we're going to do that until mid-July. And uh, July free agency this year is July 13th, which is hugely irritating. Uh, but we will have an episode at the end of that week, uh, you know, going over whatever the Islanders did uh, on that day and, uh, you know, going kind of leave that to the summer and then we'll we'll come back in training camp. So that's what we're going to do next week. We're at Islanders week after Islanders anxiety and all that other stuff. But if only yeah. if only it goes as quick as, as the way you explained it, right? Like, it's like yeah, you just wake <laughs> up and all of a sudden we're, we're in training camp. That uh, would be fan- <laughs> fantastic. Um, but uh, but like I said, keep, keep it here and you'll hear about a cool thing we're going to do uh, coming up towards the end um okay let's let's just quickly recap the last two weeks of islanders hockey we, we did take a little bit of a break to set up for this episode uh and the islanders played a ton of games uh some of them were good and some of them were bad and sometimes there was good and bad in the same game uh some of these you may have forgotten or in mike's case you didn't watch them at all in which case in any case i don't blame you because <laughs> i don't know why i watched them either i watched all of them and i have no idea why because uh, i gained nothing from it whatsoever. But we have uh, a 3-2 loss to the Panthers in overtime. Uh, that was on the Mike Bossy tribute night. Uh, the Islanders played very well in that game, except uh, Alexander Barkov played better, and he scored a hat trick, including the overtime winner. Um, they did play very well in that game, but, you know, I mean, again, winning team versus the Islanders this year has really not been much of a contest. They followed that up with the three hugely dispiriting losses, one 6-3 to the Rangers, which they were never really in, one five three to Buffalo, which is just like, come on, man, give me a throw me a bone here, will you please? At the end of the season, but they lost that one too. They were terrible, and then a five two loss to Carolina on Alumni Day. You you drag these guys out to to Elmont for Alumni Day, and that's the game you give them. Come on, you know uh, the Hurricanes did score two empty net goals in that game, so it's a little bit closer than the score uh, would have indicated, but still, it was not it was not a great game for the Islanders at all, and that set up the final three games of the season. You know, what What are we going to get here? Two against the Caps and then one against the Lightning. And believe it or not, the Islanders actually played very well in really all three games. They beat the Caps twice, which was very satisfying. Uh, 4-1 in Washington and then 5-1 at UBS. Um, and a lot of cool stuff happened. Um, Kyle Palmieri scored his 200th goal. Uh, Brock Nelson afterwards joked that it was his 206th <laughs> because he had so many called back. And uh, Paul Mary joked that some of the guys on the bench are actually calling for a review of that goal. But uh, no, it was pretty good. Um, and uh, Simeon Varlamov was excellent. That was in the second game. Uh, he was really good. In the previous game, which I totally skipped over, uh, Ilya Sorokin was absolutely fantastic. And Paul Mary had a goal in that game too, but uh, got called back. Noah Dobson scored his 13th goal on the power play, uh, which was great. And Casey Sezika scored an absolutely insane shorthanded goal uh, where he was sitting on his butt on the ice, which should be replayed uh, ad nauseum forever, uh, regardless of however the season ended. 
And uh, that led us to the final game, which was on a back-to-back after that 5-1 win against Washington with the Lightning. Uh, it was a 6-4 Island uh, Lightning victory. Uh, they they really did play okay in that game, but again, they just didn't have it. Steven Stamkos had a hat trick to get to uh, you know 42 goals, I guess, which is pretty remarkable considering he hadn't had like a 40-goal season ever. The big thing from that game was the goal by Zidane Chara. That's the one that made it six to four, actually made it five to four, uh, made it uh, the final score of the Islanders season. It's the second goal of the season. The UBS went absolutely bananas. They chanted his name after the game. Chara shook hands with the Lightning, the refs. He got the first star. He got a talk with uh, John Cooper. He got an interview with Shannon Hogan. Uh, it was a big sort of party for Zidane Chara. And look, Nobody's going to pretend like Chara had some kind of all-star season or something like that. He was very slow and and his body may have held up, you know, physically, but on the ice, it was oftentimes very bad. If he didn't play the, the previous two games, and I think uh, it was pretty telling that uh, they looked pretty good <laughs> in both of those games. Actually, no, wait, I think he did play in the one uh, at UBS. He didn't play in the one in Washington. But um, the Islanders finished their season 37, 35, and 10, uh, 16 points behind the second wildcard spot. Uh, which is a lot. And this is the first time all eight playoff teams in the Eastern Conference had 100 points. So think about that for a second, too. Um, and it's a perfectly mediocre record to illustrate the perfectly mediocre season the Islanders had. Some of it was good. A lot of it was bad. And at the end of the day, the biggest cheers were reserved for Zidane Chara, who, for a guy who doesn't know if he's going to retire yet, sure as hell looks like a guy who's ready to retire. <laughs> you know, I mean that with, in the, with the utmost respect, you know, you don't shake hands with the other team, the refs, the coaches, the everything, if people don't think you're going to retire. And I mean, these guys talk like they know. And I think, I think Char at the end of the day will probably choose to, to retire and go out on, on while not a Stanley cup high note, certainly a, a memorable high note for him. And, and UBS arena was fantastic in that moment. And, and he got that goal. People were really pulling for him. So, you know, Again, a very bad season, or at least a very mediocre season, and uh, but a, a really memorable last night, and uh, for for what it's worth. So that's about it. That's a, <laughs> the last two weeks of of Islanders hockey summed up in a couple of minutes. And uh, again, it, it, if you didn't watch any of them, I don't blame you. If you forgot about all of them, I definitely don't blame you. Um, but the Char thing was pretty cool, and you should probably seek that out if you can. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, I, I was really. I'm I'm so corrupted in my mind about like what's going on in, in the playoffs that uh, I I just couldn't really stomach it honestly because of, you know the the storm that was coming and um a couple of things that I did appreciate were you know alumni night is always one of my favorite right times of year and, and usually it happens earlier in the year and I'm sure that you know COVID and whatever played a pretty big role in that and you know I hope for that next year it is a little earlier um you know when when the excitement level around a new season really adds to something like that. And, uh, but like, it's just so great to see, you know, guys like Marius Tchaikovsky, mm. uh, Eric Cairns. I know he's, he's like kind of with the team, but like those kind of guys and in, in that, you know, that forgotten era that who, who, they, they certainly played some high points during that forgotten era. Um, just see Tchaikovsky, them around. By the way, looks absolutely fantastic. He's, he I is. Mean, he's a handsome dude. He looks like he could play right now. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, it's it's the thing about Tchaikovsky, uh, <laughs> and here here we are uh, talk about Marius Tchaikovsky. Uh, but the thing about him that I, I remember from 
his first stint before he was traded for Aaron Asham. I wonder if they, mm. they even know if they remember that they were traded for each other because <laughs> Asham was there too. <laughs> you know, like, but um, I just, you know, I'm happy you brought that up because he does look, he looks just as good as he yeah. what, did there. And for, he was, he was such a big deal to me because he, he was treated like among Islander fans and kind of like the press. And, and, you know, I think Howie Rose would, would mention it too, that he was, tr- he was a Polish prince. And like, so like he was treated as if he was this, or in my mind, he sounded like he was a huge celebrity, but, and I didn't realize this at the time. Cause you know, when Tchaikovsky was at the height of his powers at the Islanders, I was 11. Um, that I thought you'd go if, if I went to a, a game in Montreal or something before he was traded there. Uh, and I said, you know, Mary Tchaikovsky, I thought everyone would be like, Oh yeah. Superstar. One of the biggest stars mm. in the league and, uh, something like that. But he, he, um, you know, he wasn't. And I don't think many people, despite the fact that he was the Islanders best player for, for a season mm. there and then had another great season when he was uh when he came back um for a second stint, that he 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 just never really um I guess he never really popped up on the radar for, for other fan bases. And so he he's ours and he's our Polish prince. And mm. you'd think that a guy who you know, Poland is 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 a big country and it's uh you you think that his he'd be like a bigger deal towards like oh you know and Andrzej Kopitar right. he's like started Slovenian hockey put it on the map like I guess Tchaikovsky never did that but in my mind he he kind of did um and I thought like that's who he was and then you you know 15 20 years later uh I, you look back and he's just a guy he's probably like <laughs> to the rest of the league he's just a guy but then you look at him and you're like this guy really should have been a star because of yeah. you know, the way he looks and his hair, he's just he's just this incredible looking dude. Um mm. but he's just seeing those guys around, it's just it's it yeah. always makes me so happy because the it's been for you know, for the longest time under the you know, Charles Wong and Mike Milberry, then even like the Gar Snow, the first bunch of years under him, you, you we yearned for that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, can we please celebrate? the the minimal success that we've had because <laughs> people like me I, I mean it was always nice to see the dynasty guys around and and have like dynasty night it's every year but you know i wanted to have sean bates night or i wanted to have kip miller night because those guys meant a lot to me because they were the only success I, I saw for such a long time um so i always appreciate that they did i wish i wish they would release a list of the uh yeah the, i was the, gonna uh, say the alumni I'm, I'm not sure who all was there but the 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 people that really bring a smile to my face like that one is Dave Scatcherd. If we ever see him, mm-hmm. I don't think he was there this year. I didn't see any any pictures of him. But any I did fedoras? see you didn't see anybody wearing a fedora. No, I didn't see any fedoras <laughs> out there. But I did see, uh, and they showed him on the screen. And I remember I showed my my daughter this because I was watching on the computer. Uh, and these two guys always bring a smile to my face when I see them sitting together, Benoit Hogue and Pierre Turgeon. And I see these guys sitting together, and I'm like, man. These guys, I, I I get the sense that these two, these are two of those guys, and everybody has friends like this. Where like you might not talk for a year and a half, but then when you do talk, you pick up the conversation right where you left off a year and a half earlier. I feel like these are two of those guys. You know, maybe they talk every day. I don't even know, but I just I feel like they're just two buds that are just hanging out. And I, I got so my heart got so lifted. I was like, oh man, oh it's Terjan and Hogue. I love these two guys. Of course, my daughter looked at me like I was crazy, but I'm like, these guys were, were fantastic <laughs> when I was growing up. So I love seeing and, them here together. But that's uh you know my my 
oldest brother Dave, he's he's an Islander fan, big Islander fan, and he's basically the reason I'm an Islander fan. And he he he's four years older than me, so he's. I remember him explaining to me what happened to Pierre Turgeon mm. with Dale Hunter, and then he loved Benoit Hogue as well. Like, yeah. So it's those are his guys. So like that's the like the thing is right. like the, every everyone in this fan base has guys. It's not just the dynasty people, and it took the, the Islanders a long time to kind of realize like, oh no, yeah. Uh, these these players, you know, Randy Robitaille means a lot more to me than you know Anders Ka- uh, Kaller, Dylan Reese, yeah, Dylan Reese. Of course, he's another handsome guy. Like he means he he maybe doesn't mean more than me than than some of the dynasty guys, but because I never saw you know that right. Anders Kaller play, and I know he's a great player, and and mm. I'm sure a lot of people are probably like you're nuts for saying that Randy Robitaille means more to you than him because he played a huge role in the dynasty, but just in, he does because I saw him and I rooted for him and I watched him play in playoff <laughs> games when that was a big rarity in my life. And so when those guys come around, like it's, it's a huge, huge deal. Um, and it's, it, it, it sounds sad because like I've, uh, and I'm not, you know, tuning my own horn or anything. And, and I don't mean to sound like that, but like I've, um, you know, just through Francesca kind of been around like Mike Francesca and, and people like that. And, and I will, I don't get starstruck. I, I don't, mm. um, you know, I, I know, I like to remind myself that like these people have a lot more money than me, but they, they put their pants on in the morning the same way I do. Like <laughs> the same things piss them off that piss me off. But I would absolutely get starstruck if Randy Robitaille walked past me. Like, <laughs> I, I would be, I would, you know, I'd, I'd, he'd probably call the cops. Cause I'd be like, I used to love your skates. You had special skate, like these, these shiny silver skates that I remember. Uh, That's funny. But you know, That's like the exact opposite of me, I get starstruck all the time. And, and I was just telling, I was trying to tell the story on Twitter that the great Neil Adams passed away last week. who was a, very important Batman artist, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. I uh, worked with everybody basically. And I met him one time and I gave him something to autograph. I gave him a, a picture to autograph. And he said, can I have a name? And I completely blanked. And I was like, <laughs> what? And my friend I was with was like, tell him your name, you idiot. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's Dan. It's Dan. And he smiled and he wrote to Dan. And so I was like, I can't believe I just completely blanked in front of Neil Adams. I feel like such a huge idiot. And I've done that at least three or four times in front of Larry Hama, my favorite uh, comic book writer who wrote G.I. Joe for many years. I tried to meet him three times, never said a damn word to him. And I'm just afraid of this guy because he could probably kill me with a punch to the throat. Um, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so I mean, alumni day was a great day, except for the fact that they played garbage, like garbage, in the third period and lost five two to the Hurricanes. Um, but it, you know, I, I feel like this season has a lot of guys, <laughs> and I feel like a lot of these guys are going to go down, sort of in history, as guys that uh, you know had okay careers for the Islanders, um, but never, you know, obviously they didn't win much, uh, and I mean, they well, I shouldn't say that. They didn't finish the job, so to speak. And when we talk about Chara, people will remember this season as the year he came back and he didn't play all that well, but we kind of treated him like royalty mm-hmm. anyway. And then there's also Andy Green, one of your favorites. Yep. Is this the last ride for him too? He don't know. I don't know. Maybe he comes back, but you know, Green played okay. I thought this season uh, as, yeah. as poor as it was, he never really stuck out as being like, Oh man, you got to get this guy off the ice. Uh, and so I would not be surprised to see him come back, but you know, at whatever forty years old, maybe it's maybe it's the end for him. Who knows? We'll have to see. Yeah, I think I think Green when we first traded for him, mm. I was like, "Here's a guy. This is gonna be. He's gonna be a guy. He's gonna be Travis like like what Zajac I guess ended up being. <laughs> right. Except of course, like you know, back in the day when we first started this podcast, 
there were guys and they didn't win playoff games. They didn't win right. playoff series, right? Like they, they are Zenon Kanapka didn't win a playoff series. He's a guy like <laughs> those guys are, are few. Those guys are in a different kind of echelon of guys than the Zajacs because Zajac won a, you know, Braden Coburn won playoff <laughs> series with the Islanders. He didn't play in them, but he won them. And uh, it's, like the Andy Green, I thought was destined to be a guy, and right. I'm actually happy we're talking about him a little bit because Char took up so much, and rightfully so. Obviously, yeah. Zdeno Char and Andy Green's career is very different, and um, mm. Char deserved ex- ex- everything he got. And um, you know, I was happy that it happened in his Islander in at home for an Islander game, like um, because Islander fans get such painted in such a bad way by the media, and then they, you know, everyone was talking about the reception and and stuff, and uh, after the goal. But with for Green, it he just he seems like he's on a uh, you know one way street to becoming uh, Brent Thompson's assistant next year or something like that, right? <laughs> like he's because right. like you said, he is he's the perfect guy to coach. Not yeah. everyone is going to be a great NHL player, so he's the perfect guy to coach those Grant Huntons. Hey, mm. you, look, here's how you get out of trouble in this situation. You know, put the puck here. Don't ice it. Don't do that. Like you know, he's mm. that kind of guy um, to develop those those players and. Uh, he's he's someone who I think like you know six or seven years down the road and you think about Andy Green I think everyone's gonna like think of him in a, in a really high regard um I, yeah. I wouldn't say like towards like Adrian O'Coin or, or Roman Hamerlick's level like but like almost like in, in that kind of right. sense of it like this is a guy who played only a couple years for the Islanders but they had successful years with him and he was, a, you know, being the number six defenseman on a team that went to the conference finals two years in a row is, is important. Right. So, uh, yeah, you know, hats off to him. And, and, you know, I'm sure people who listen to this uh, show a lot know that, you know, I, I love him. I love the everything about mm. his style of game and just the type of guy he seems to be. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I think he's, he's someone who I really hope to see, you know, some other than me, people wearing Andy Green jerseys, you know, in, in the uh, in the, in the arena. Uh, you know, if I see, I've seen an Aaron Ness jersey. I'll see, hopefully, I'll <laughs> oh, wow. see an Andy Green jersey. Jeez. Uh, I find it funny. You know, if this is the last ride for Green, you know, we'll see him at an alumni game. And I do find it funny that, I, and I just had to look this up. Marius Tchaikovsky at fifty looks younger than Andy Green does at thirty nine. <laughs> <laughs> so when they meet each other in alumni games, they're like, wait, when did this guy play? And when did this guy play? You know, it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, Green will go down as as a, uh, an, an enjoyable presence uh, for for uh, this era of Islanders fans. And I think people will, will you know, appreciate him more and more. Uh, I could totally see him going into coaching. I could totally see him going into scouting. All of a sudden, the Islanders are going to. You know, draft a bunch of guys from Jersey because Andy Green watched them play uh, in you know prep school or somewhere in where he lives. Um, but we don't know. Uh, you know, if, of the two of them, I feel like Green is more likely than Char to come back. I feel like Char might might be done, but we'll have to see. If they are done, um, or I should say, if they come back, in Green's case, I feel like he would come back with the Islanders. Probably the only team that would have him back. In Char's case, if he comes back, I don't think it'll be with the Islanders, and I. No, this sounds terrible, but I hope it's not with the Islanders because they need to get younger and faster, particularly on defense, in a hurry. Um, we are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to dissect uh, the team's exit interviews and try and suss out some information uh, on how these guys felt about the season. And then uh, we're going to talk about our 200th episode, and uh, we're going to tell you about something cool that we got coming up. All right, so meet us on the other side. Thanks. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and now a word from our sponsors first as always vintageicehockey.com where you can get t-shirts hoodies and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos they also have our our al arbor t-shirt and our portion of the sales go directly to the center for dementia research Use the code Long Island to save 10% off anything in the store. That is vintageicehockey.com. Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play big pick for free anywhere in the U.S. or play for real. Residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. Must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé. All under $15 a bottle. Available at your local wine shops and UBS Arena. Please play and drink responsibly. Uh, so right after, you know, I, I thought they would have given them the weekend off, but right after the Islanders' final game on last Friday, Saturday, they were cleaning out their lockers. <laughs> they were all doing their exit interviews, and I, I forget where I was at, but I was, you know, scanning Twitter, and I'm like, wait, they're doing these exit things now? Jeez, wow, it's, you know, get get them out of here, I guess. And um. You know, they were all pretty good. I watched them all on Sunday while I was doing some work and, and kind of had them on in the background. And you know, those things are usually usually pretty quick. Uh, you know, most guys don't really say a whole lot of anything. Some of them were surprisingly long uh, on the longer side. Um, I think Beauvilliers was was sort of lengthy. But um, they all said more or less the same thing. We'll spotlight a couple of guys for sure. But um, and uh, by the way, uh, Barry Trotz and Lou Lamoral haven't talked yet. So, you know, w- when they do their thing, we'll, we'll probably dissect it on a, on a later episode. Um, but, you know, one thing that I thought was really interesting was that for all of the freak things that happened this season, and, you know, we've been going through this list the entire time, the COVID, the road trip, the the not getting in a rhythm, the, the breaks, the whole thing. Um, none of them use them as like an excuse. None of them said, well, that that's why we we didn't make the playoffs. Um, they all sounded very disappointed to have not made the playoffs. And, you know, Andrews Lee kind of summed it up and he said, you know, even with all that stuff, at the end of the day, we just weren't good enough. And and that's that's got to get fixed. And that's why we weren't there. And, and we need to change that. I mean, he didn't offer any kind of changes or anything, but he's he's right. They, they just weren't good enough. And I, and I don't think it's wrong to say that. Sometimes you say that kind of stuff and people go, ah, that's just an excuse. Well, it's an excuse, but there's a reason for that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, nobody's saying that that stuff like, you know, kind of takes precedent over the fact that they just weren't good enough. <laughs> like we said, they couldn't beat a good team. They couldn't sustain any kind of, you know, 
performance for 60 minutes, barely at all during the, the season. The final game against the Lightning, they were even with the Lightning for two periods. And then all of a sudden, they just decided to take the third period off until Char scored. And that was really it. Other than that, they they you know didn't play very much in that period at all. Um, and so that, that I thought was really interesting. The other interesting comment to me, well, two other interesting comments. One was Anthony Beauvillier. Um, I think he finished with 12 goals this year, maybe. Um, saying that he felt like he let his teammates down a little bit. And that, that made me kind of sad. You know, I don't think Bo wasn't out there not trying to score goals, but just there was not a great season for him. And then that goes for a lot of guys too. I mean, Kyle Palmieri finished with 15 goals and I mean, he had one <laughs> through what was it, the first four months of the season, you know? And so he, he finished strong, but I mean, he didn't want to finish with 15 goals. Meanwhile, Zach Parisi scored 15 goals and they felt like a gift. Everyone felt like a gift, you know, like, <laughs> oh my God, Zach Parisi's got 15 goals. That's great. So, you know, I, this team is so tight that I'm not surprised that Beauvillier said that, um, but it did make me a little bit sad and I felt a little bit bad for him that that, that happened because he was probably trying against everything he could to score more and do more and it just didn't happen for him. And I, I thought another interesting comment was made by Kiefer Bellows actually before all that, after the the last game he scored he scored a goal in that against the lightning but really that goal kind of bounced off of uh i believe it was uh, cal foot's foot so i mean he made a nice move and everything but the the puck essentially ricocheted off his foot and uh they asked bellows you know about his season and everything and, and you know he, he's a young guy he could have said a lot of kind of self-centered things but he said you know for me the season was all about learning and growing as a player but you know when you don't make the playoffs it's it's not it's not a good season i thought that was a pretty mature answer for a dude who is very young and had a you know a season where he was a healthy scratch for half the time, you know, I thought that was that was a pretty cool answer of him. I don't know what that's going to mean for him going forward, but uh, there was a lot there. If you, if you get a chance to kind of go through them all, um, there's some there's some interesting takes in there. I thought Lee's was good. I thought Barz, um, Barzell we're going to talk about in a second. Beauvilliers was good, and Nelson too. Nelson was a good one too. He's a pretty pretty sharp guy. Um, but yeah, it, it was hard to watch uh, these guys. They they didn't feel, and and Barry Trot said too like. Normally, their season ends in a in a snap, you know, game six or game seven. This one, they've had a long time to process this, and I think they have a lot of a whole summer ahead to process just how many ways they were not good enough <laughs> and what happened since then, and and uh, you know what changes they can make for next year for whoever's here because that's another that's a question we'll tackle for another time. But uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting to to watch all that. Yeah, I think like we're, we're, it's going to be uh, you know off season stuff. That that's just going to be talked about basically every day. I'm sure people listening to this have people they talk to every day about, oh, should we do this with this player? Should we trade for this player? Whatever. And then of course you and I do as well. <laughs> and the the thing with Beauvillier is his season last year ended on the highest. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that because they obviously lost Game Seven, but considering how he sent them to Game Seven, like that was such an iconic moment. Uh, for the team, for the Nassau Coliseum, for his career, uh, that you really thought this guy he's he's gonna build off that, and he just it just didn't, and, and it was he just didn't seem as a he he to me is is an effective player. He's not a great mm. player, but he's effective, right? And these are two different things. Um, and he just wasn't as effective this year, and I don't know what it was. I mean, I'm, I think a lot of players on the team you probably could say similar things about than you, that you say about Bovillier and, and he's the type of guy that I really like. I think he's, he's pretty well liked in the room. He had that thing with Leo Komarov where they would uh, <laughs> sm- smack each other's faces after doing the smelling salts or whatever. And 
uh, he just seems like a guy who who's um, you're going to have one of those careers where and when he's like 33 or 30, he's going to be like almost like Derek Broussard a little bit. Like he'll, he'll probably end up you know, playing for the Islanders for a while. And people will think of him as an Islander, but then he'll start doing the rounds. Cause he is a, he's an effective middle six forward. And I think what this year shown about him was that he's, that's probably his ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I thought he was probably, he, he could have just, just judging by the way things went for him last year and in the playoffs and, he, that I thought maybe he, this guy, this guy could could be that you know twenty extra twenty five goal scorer on the roster. Like it seems like teams like the Panthers and the Flames, they've got their their thirty to forty goal guys, and mm. then their twenty five to thirty five goal guys. And I thought maybe Beauvillier could be that second category for the Islanders because uh, they they were set up to be such a deep team at forward. Um, but I just I hope that the team needs to upgrade, and there's going to be guys leaving that are it's going to be annoying and sad to say goodbye to and then Beauvillier's name always comes up I think a lot of times just because he's the most he's the easiest one on the surface uh and I just hope it's I hope he's back next year uh you know of course if you know they if he's part of a trade where the Islanders land someone great like uh, awesome but uh that hasn't happened yet so for right now like I hope he's back next year because I want this guy to to go back to what we saw from him uh, during the playoffs and in kind of in that stretch run last year where he's a, he's an effective middle six forward who, who really can, can play a, a really good, uh, you know, chip and chase kind of game. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what, uh, what, what happens with him, of course, but I'm, I'm, he, he does seem a lot more insightful than I think we realize. Uh, Cause we could sit, he's kind of, you know, he's a French Canadian guy. He's, he seems to be like a, you know, young, young, he's young, whatever, but like, he's been around this team for a long time now. He's yeah. God, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, like he's, <laughs> he's been still young, but yeah. How many he, he, and he's seen both. He, I mean, he was around for a terrible season. He watched John Tavares leave. Um, and then he's, he, he kind of grew into his own in this, 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 those three years where it was, everything was copacetic. It was great. Um, so I just, you know, he's, he's, he's an Islander and, and he's someone that, you know, I'm always going to like a lot, uh, as a player, no matter where he ends up, but it, it, I like when he talks and, and he does, he does seem to have a pretty good, like 30,000 foot view of things with, with, with nuance, which, which yeah. I appreciate. And, and he seems like he's, he's pretty tough on himself. <laughs> like I, I remember yeah. hearing that about him even before this year, uh, that, that, uh, you know, I think it was Trotz would say like, he's, he's like too hard on himself. Like that's why he, he might've been like a healthy scratch. He's like, I needed to like get him to like stop beating himself up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's a little spark plug kind of like I, in, in Australian rules football, they call players like him, uh, you know, like there's, there'll be like a gang of like small fit fast players who their, their job is to just harass the ball carrier. Mm-hmm. They call him the mosquito fleet. And he's, he's certainly, you know, that kind of player. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm hopeful that the Islanders can upgrade without sacrificing him. But uh, you know, it, it, it does feel kind of fifty-fifty at this point. Yeah. Um. You know, I think the the thing is, he's such a likable dude that we all expect more from him, and I think he expects more from himself too. And I don't know where the, where the problem is because he's a noticeable guy on the ice, but he just doesn't put the puck in the net. I think as much as he or or we would like. And I mean. 
yeah, he could beat himself up about that. But I mean, the Islanders had a whole bunch of guys who were like this. He's nobody really put the puck in the net as much as they would have liked outside of really Nelson and Lee. Really, I mean, Lee I think finished with twenty seven or twenty eight goals this year, and so that's a pretty good season for him. And obviously, Nelson had a, had a career high of, of I think it was thirty six or thirty seven goals. So I mean. Outside of those two guys, nobody really scored. And and Dobson, I guess, who had that breakout year, nobody really scored as much as they would have liked. And so, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't I don't think anybody really wants to see Beauvillier dealt. Uh, he's kind of a movable piece. Uh, maybe they get an upgrade for him. Who knows? But, you know, he's just a likable guy. We all kind of want him to be better, want him to feel better about himself and, and help the team out, uh, help the team out a lot more. Um, one of the things that we like about Beauvillier the most is his friendship with Matt Barzell. And, Barzell obviously was the focal point of the uh, the uh, exit interviews, and and he can be he's eligible to be re-signed starting this July first. Uh, he's a restricted free agent at the next the next time his this, after this year when his contract is up, but he will have arbitration rights, and obviously he's due for a ton of dough uh, more so than he's even making right now. But he he put it all out right there on the line, and this is the quotes you probably saw in the paper. He said he wanted to to re-sign here. This is his home. He loves it here. He loves his life here. He loves the city. They always say the city, but he loves the area, obviously. And he wants to be like a one-team guy like his you know, heroes, Sidney Crosby, Patrick Kane, Michael Jordan. We're all going to forget about that whole Washington Wizards thing. Thank you very much. Um, and you know, he just said all that. Now, look, we all have a bit of PTSD. Mike's, Mike invoked the name before. We won't bring it up again. We don't want to, if you say it three times, he's going to appear. So we don't want to do that. Um, but I think this is different. I think he wants to stay. I think the team wants him to stay. They're going to have to, you know, find a way to keep him under the cap. That's Lou Lamorello and, and Steve Pellegrini's problem. Um, but it, it was nice to see that. It was nice to see a guy be like, no, I want to stay. And I'm like, you know, because he knows what's going to happen. He knows that if he goes into this season without a contract extension, he knows what people are going to write. They're going to say, you know, what about Seattle? What about Vancouver? What? He wants to stay here. And that feels great. They got a brand new arena. He loves it. And so I'm looking forward to to getting that signed. Hopefully Lou can make that happen. And uh, this season, you know, again, he's already signed. So it'll even if he does sign an extension, it'll kick in next season. Uh, I have no idea where the cap is going to be at that point, uh, who's going to be on the team. But it was nice to see, and it was nice to to see somebody quoting an Islander saying, "I'm going to stay." And now, of course, there's you know smart asses on the the internet or whatever that can twist it into whatever they want. But but that was pretty cool. And you were saying that like you know you didn't really catch most of the the interviews, but that part did catch your eye. So I mean, what what do you think of him saying that? Did you get the PTSD flashbacks, or were you <laughs> kind of uh, you know made happy by what he was saying? No, I think it's it's. He's he's a colorful guy, like, mm. and he he's the type of player like. The other guy is 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 much more of um, you know, I, I don't want to say robot because I know we say that all the time, but <laughs> he you can tell he 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 kind of had like the the blinders kind of on, like he cares so much about hockey and and whatever, and he that's you can he's. Even when he was drafted, I was like, hmm. this guy, all he cares about is hockey. He eats, sleeps, and breathes hockey. Whereas Barzell is, he's the type of guy who who's into like, has like a, a kind of a good grasp on, on culture at large and whatever. And he's, you know, he's obviously a very handsome dude and he's into his clothes and, and all that stuff. And, but he, um, he seems to be the type of p- player or, you know, professional athlete, elite athlete who, who loves that he is in this kind of, fraternity with 
people mm-hmm. like you know, and uh, of course you know he's much better than this player i'm about to name michael jordan but like he's he's <laughs> you know he's in that kind of he he's doing what he's playing or has the same type of job i should say as michael jordan right and and he's like he he looks up to those kind of players like he wants to go down as a you know a, a legend an icon whatever you want to say and he wants to have that moment and um I, so i i the the color he gives in that interview where he kind of says that stuff really is in line with the type of person he is. It wasn't, it didn't sound like canned. Like when the other guy spoke, yeah, it sounded like sure. Kim, he sounded like Kimber, the, the Islanders PR guy would hand him the bullet points, say <laughs> this line, this line, and this line. Or, or and, Pat Brisson. Right. Two right exactly. Man. Right. That they would be fighting over who, right. who gave him the, the thing. Like, Oh no, I already did it. But like this guy, it doesn't, it's, it's, I wouldn't want to say it's off the cuff because I think, as we know with Lamarillo, it's it's impossible. These guys <laughs> seem to to all know how to speak lose language, but um, he does know how to color between the lines and and add some of that. Um, and I do think he uh, really appreciates his standing as not just a an Islander, but where he is in the NHL and the fact that he is has a lot of fans kind of outside um, the Islanders' sphere where. People like, oh, I love this guy. I love the way he skates. Other players love talking about him and the the stuff he can do when, with his skating and his, his skill and mm. his zone entries, his vision, all this stuff. And <laughs> he's he's probably, you know, we know Mar- Josh Bailey is Mark Scheifele's favorite player in the NHL. <laughs> but Matt Barzell is probably a lot of NHL players, especially young ones. I remember Jack Hughes before the season, you know, talked about how he loves to play against him uh, and, and kind of wants to be like Barzell. And I think Barzell it really relishes that and, and relishes that it means more when you do it in, in this kind of fashion. Like if, if, if he, he could go, you know, play for a team, you know, like, I don't know, like Minnesota, let's just throw mm. it out there. And he'd be playing with Kirill Kaprizov. Like he wouldn't be the guy. Um, and I think he loves that. He is the Islanders, the guy. Um, mm. And I, and I believe I take on his word for that. And the fact that he's, he's, you know, he, he could have said what a lot of people do, and, and you hear it all the time throughout the season. Now, you know, we haven't spoke about it yet. We, you know, we didn't. We'll get to it at some point. It's just we, there's been no communication between me or the or the, you know, every thirty two thoughts. There's always one blurb <laughs> where it's there's no been no communication between star players, agent, and team. You know, John Klingberg's agent and star uh, Jim Nill or whatever. Um, <laughs> so that could have happened here, and it didn't. Which. Uh, which you know, makes you feel just so much better that there was like so, an actual answer that had some, uh, you know, weight behind it than anything, and uh, it, it really it really calmed my nerves in that res- regard. And I was a little mad that you know people noticed that this is a this is happening uh, outside mm-hmm. of the Islander world. Like you know, Elliot Freeman said on like their Islanders kind of obituary thing that they did on their podcast that you know, will they sign him long-term or does he want to sign long-term? And because um, once he, he says something like that, then like you said, everyone will kind of take it and run with it. And right. um, you know, Kevin Kerr's the new writer at the athletic. He's been around the Islanders for three months. He doesn't know kind of what, what he, I'm sure he knows that John Tavares left the Islanders <laughs> for, for the, the least, but he doesn't know that, you know, he hasn't read your story. encyclopedia. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> no. So like he's, he's not going to be able to give you the color. Uh, or like the backstory, he's gonna he's just gonna write the surface stuff that you know. Will John Tavares stay or go? Or what? what I mean, will Jesus Christ? Will Matt Barzell, um, you know, sign the extension or uh, 
or will they go into the season without a new deal or will they, what, what's going to happen here? And, um, you, you know, you can't blame him for that because he's, like I said, he's, he's been not with the team since this guy got here and he didn't see the other saga. So, but that's the type of stuff you're going to get from, from kind of the media. Uh, whereas yeah. when you hear that from Barzell, he's kind of stopped, uh, you know, those, those kind of folks from taking it the next level by saying, yeah. you know, if, if he had said, we're going to discuss that, you know, at some point in the summer right now, I just want to, you know, reflect on right. my season. Then oh, the he next knows. episode, yeah. yeah, the next episode <laughs> of 32 thoughts and the next article Kevin Kurz writes is going to mm. be about that. Um, so it, it, yeah. it did feel good to, uh, to just to hear that. And uh, I'm looking mm. forward to hearing what Trotz says because uh, he, He's obviously in the. We never know with Lou. He could have a 13-year extension signed <laughs> six, six or seven months ago, three years ago, whatever. Right. Um, but you know him, him and him and Trotz. Uh, you know Lou is going to be 80. Trotz mm. is going into quote unquote his final season uh, of his contract. Mm. So if, if the Barzell thing happened, then then things could have started to like snowball about. You know what is this era coming to a close already? And you know that would be obviously heartbreaking. So. Um, I hope to hear from, yeah, and, and I know that the answer is going to be from Trotz and Lou about Barry's con- uh, contract. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we both can guess. You, you can do your Lou impression, and I'll tell you that Trotz is going to say, "Yep, you know, like I'm just going to recharge, and I, it's, I want to be here." Mm. Uh, but we'll get to that stuff later. Um, yeah. And I mean, and if we know what Lou is going to say, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for the most part, yeah. I mean, we'll hear about all the the, the bumps and bruises everybody has too. But uh, yeah, no, I, I can't imagine Trotz has any reason to, to leave. And I, you know, that's one one thing that we haven't really talked about throughout this incredibly mediocre season is that I don't think the players like we've seen players tune out a coach, and I don't think this was this was that situation. I, I think the players were trying to do their best to play to the system that they're used to. It just they just didn't for whatever reason, um, and they'll figure it out. But uh, you know, I, I expect Trotz may already have an extension right now, for all we know. You know, so mm-hmm. they just they wouldn't tell you. But um, and people know. and people, I think are going to talk about oh, you know, what, if if the Islanders struggle next year or whatever. I think you under we all underestimate just how much effort goes into switching to a new team for, yeah, in, really. in sports, right? Like when guys get traded or whatever. And I just I think that you know, tr- tr- trots not that not that he wants to be stick around for if if it is a if it's a tough couple years ahead, like he won't want to stick around. But um, I think he'd rather just be an Islander for the next you know, 10 years and deal yeah. with the ups and downs of it, then pick up and go, okay, like I'm going to go coach this team now. And, and then now you have the the reputation of for the past couple of years, you, you, you were stuck around for four years and mm. whatever. But um, so I'm not worried yet. I mean, of course I'm worried, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not staying up at night uh, yeah. about either the GM, the coach or Barzell. And that's a very different situation from, uh, right around, I guess episode eighty six or so yeah. from, of, of this ep- of this two hundred yeah. now two hundred episode long podcast. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, you know, Barzell's smart. Like he he saw the whole Tavares thing play out, so he knows exactly what's what's going down. And like you said, he he knows what to say and what not to say. So, uh, but we'll see how that how that plays out. And I mean, again, hopefully we get an extension announcement shortly after July first. That that I mean, it would also be a very Islanders thing for like that to be their their free agency <laughs> like you know day one of free agency all these guys are getting signed and and then the islanders are like well we, you know we signed matt barzell to an extension it's like yeah that's great but uh you know what else are you gonna do uh we're gonna talk in a, in a later episode about guys that 
we're hoping the Islanders uh, get, you know, in free agency or, or via trade. So we'll, we'll, we'll save those for the other, another time. But obviously it goes without saying that keeping Matt Barzell is a paramount thing. But uh, like you said, you know, Barzell, uh, when we started this podcast was, wasn't even uh, an Islander. He was not a draft pick and, you know, he watched the whole thing play out the way, you know, we did in a way. I mean, he was closer to the situation than we were, but we were all kind of there uh, over the course of, these 200 episodes, uh, it's funny to think back. And I was just looking back in my pictures to remind myself of when it started that in January of 2015, you and I met in person for the first time at a game at Nassau Coliseum. It was an Islanders Flyers game. It was the last time the Lighthouse Hockey crew all got together. It was a big win for the Islanders, a big game for Nikolai Kuleman, which was a, a <laughs> lot of fun. And, uh, you know, you asked me if we had ever thought about doing a podcast uh, for the site. And I was like, well, we tried, you know, nobody really knows what they're doing, uh, and we, you know, we, but we couldn't get everybody together in, in, at one time. Everybody's got jobs and kids and lives, and it was just, it was too much. So it never really worked out. And you said to me, well, you know, I'm really interested in doing a podcast. So if you want to do something, let me know. And I, that's when I thought, I thought to myself, all right, well, you know, maybe, maybe you and I'll just do it, you know, whatever. We'll just start talking. And you know, just by the way, if anybody's out there thinking about starting a podcast, the best piece of advice I can give you is that. Nobody knows what they're doing when they start a podcast. Absolutely nobody knows. They just they just go at it. The the beautiful thing about podcasts is the barrier of entry is zero. Like you just literally find a host and a place to record and it's a piece of cake. Uh so don't don't even your your favorite podcast started out not absolutely knowing not knowing anything about what they're doing. Little secret right there. But uh, I was like, "Okay, yeah, sure. Let's let's do it." And by that by the beginning of the next year, you and I just started talking on various, you know, websites or whatever to record and i famously started with my uh my karaoke revolution for the xbox 360 microphone and um you know here we are 200 episodes later and we have seen some shit man we've seen a lot we've seen this they made the playoffs that you know that that year that was the the year that they beat the panthers that first year they missed the next two Tavares walks trots is in you know second round eastern conference finals and we're still here and it's crazy. And, you know, we started out once every couple of weeks and now we're doing it once every week. And, and uh, we could have hit this milestone a lot earlier, I suppose, but uh, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. And I mean, I think, you know, for us, especially, and, and I think for the people that listen to us, we've said it a million times, this is like a therapy session. It's a therapy session. Everybody's got all these feelings about the Islanders. We have these feelings and we get them out. And I think that a lot of people kind of respond to that, have the same feelings and, uh, you know, it's, that's basically what it is. You know, we don't, we're not insiders. We have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. We just know how this team makes us feel. And we put that out there every week. And we appreciate that people listen to it and, and feel the same way. And it's great. And we're really happy that everybody has been around for this long. And if you're just joining us or new to the show, well, I hope you've enjoyed this because now you're about to hear some, some real off-season Islanders anxiety <laughs> for the first <laughs> time in a long time, like Mike said at the beginning. So, yeah. But it's been it's been quite a ride. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been first of all, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, yes, yeah. You know, at the end of the year, I always want to point like to point out that you do all the production uh, work, and I don't know a thing about it. I just show up uh, <laughs> most nights. I think I've, I've missed like, maybe six or seven episodes. And um, that uh, so you know, hats off and thank you from no, no, uh, no problem. From the bottom of my heart for that. But um, and I think um, it, if you look back at when we started, which was their first year at Barclays. Yes. Second, yeah. First year. So we've seen them 
open up Barclays Center where we were like, you know, the the kind of mantra that we were going with uh, and I, we had to do a lot of convincing ourselves was this is this is what it is. It is what it is and we can complain. People are going to complain about it, but you just got to live because you got you just got to deal with it that this is you know, it's not Nassau Coliseum, the guy who's running the joint, um, who a couple years later I um, got into a tete-a-tete with during the mm. National Anthem, the night of the John Tavares return too, mm. uh, Brett Yormark, um, that, you know, th- th- they don't get the fan base. Uh, and I think it was a good time to start this podcast because that was a very complicated situation, right? The Islanders right. were still physically on long island but they weren't on long island uh they were in a building that was had had no character Mm. the the exact kind of opposite of what nassau coliseum was but it was almost like a gift horse situation where you don't want to look it in the mouth and um as that situation became more and more untenable the it kind of gave us this podcast helped to kind of suss those things out Mm -hmm. and from that point on you know there's been a lot of situations like that not as extreme as as that of course but like there is a lot of nuance that that goes with uh rooting for any team and especially this one uh it's a it's a small fan base we're a new york team that is treated like we're you know playing out of pine bluff arkansas basically in terms of like (laughs) hockey market wise right uh there's a lot of this this stuff that that needs to get through in it and i think while this show I wouldn't call it exactly interactive because we don't. Um, we rarely have guests. We 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 don't. Um, you know, we don't just you know at least not yet. Like do do stuff like that, like with uh, other folks and and listeners or whatever. Um, mostly just because it it, it where we both work and have have families and that stuff requires a little bit more heavy lifting, of course. Uh, but what we do is we do talk to, to a lot of people who listen to this. Sh- to the show we talked to islander fans so in a and this sounds sappy but it is interactive in that way and it is it is mm-hmm. a, like i talked to so many people th- who root and live and die with this team throughout uh in between episodes that you know when when i'm talking to someone you know like like will forthman or or people like that and during the the week and he says something I'll be like yeah no, that's a great point and something that i would i'll bring it up here you know whether it's mm-hmm. you know about this this the ticket reps for for ubs arena or the parking or you know people's parking for free at nassau coliseum and like how they got around it and those stories and and you, we talk about you know the tailgates and and there, i've heard so many stories that i've i've kind of like taken and paraphrased on here and, and concerns and whatever so um it is it does sound you know a little a little a little sappy or whatever and cringy but like it is it is interactive i guess in that way that uh I, I think we're trying to have the conversation uh, about the Islanders that you're having with yourself at 2 a.m. You know, like, and, 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 and that's a good way and, to put it. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not going to say, we're not going to come here and, and talk about, you know, does, you know, does does Philip Forsberg fit with the system because Barry Trotz likes his F two to, you know, to chip the puck deep and does that really <laughs> jive with his game? Like, you're not going to hear that stuff here, um, but you will hear is, uh, you know. I saw, you know, Dennis Seidenberg at a, at a restaurant and before the season and stuff. And like that, that, cause you know, that's part of being an Islander fan is like, you'll just see these guys randomly in, mm. in throughout kind of like different communities that they inhabit. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's different in that regard. 
yeah. but it's it's I think a, a podcast that the fans are or people who listen to it enjoy because it's you're having the conversation that we're having is the conversation that that they have uh, that that you all have when you're sitting at NASA Coliseum or UBS Arena with the person next to you. You're talking about you know Shaq's big chicken and the line and how it just gummed <laughs> up the concourse and stuff like that. Like um and and I think that's kind of what 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 we aim for um, mm. over these these 200 episodes. Yeah, I mean we're definitely the the podcast that will call about about every potential karmic and cosmic connection with some other previous period in Islanders history. You know, we're like, we're like a, the a one, a one-stop multiverse for all your Islanders needs, you know, and bringing up things that happened, things that could have happened, the players that should have been Islanders and wish we never were Islanders and that kind of thing. And, and yeah, I think, you know, that there is a connection there and there's a lot of people out there that, that think the way we do. Um, it's funny that you talk about interactivity because Mike and I were talking about kind of what we wanted to do, this summer as the Islanders have no playoff games to do. And uh, we decided that we're going to do something for the first time and potentially for the only time that we have never done. And, you know, I've always kind of avoided because I never really know what to say. Cause again, we're not experts. We're not insiders or anything, but for the first time we are going to be doing a mailbag episode. Uh, we want you to, Tweet questions at us. Uh, either you know you can reply to the the episode you know link that's going to go out with this, or you you could DM either of us uh, over time, or even just tweet at us, and uh, we will get to a bunch of them on our next episode, which again will be in two weeks. We're going to have uh, weird islanders in between there. So we've never done this before. Again, I, I don't. I never felt right answering questions from listeners because i have absolutely no idea what the hell i'm talking about but we got a lot of time to kill so we might as well do something different so if you have a question uh you can ask us again either me or mike uh or the the podcast you can get at us and and ask us i mean i wouldn't ask us who we think the islanders are going to sign or or any of that kind of stuff it's you know how we are at this point we're we're more about feelings and and that kind of thing so but we'll we'll do our best and we'll sift through them and uh, we'll answer as many as we can on our next episode. So tweet at us, DM us, and uh, let us know if you have any question that, that you want answered. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll either answer it or we'll try and be funny about not having an answer for it. <laughs> Something yeah, along it, those lines. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, you know, I can't see the many people asking us about, you know, what, what, what we think yeah. of, uh, you know, it's William DeFore's <laughs> production at the QMJHL. Right. Is that going to be repeatable in the NHL? But um, you know, if you want to ask us if, you know, who's your favorite Islander that ever came out of the queue and we can talk <laughs> about Bruno Gervais for, for 45 minutes, we could definitely do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it, we'll see, we might, maybe we won't get any questions, but, um, <laughs> it, 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 is, it'll, it will be fun. And, uh, if we, it, um, if we don't get any questions, guess that'll it, be the most, the most Islanders anxiety answer, uh, you know, outcome of yeah. all time and not getting any answers, but I think we'll get some, but you know, just it, like the, yeah, it's more. It's those existential questions mm. are are the ones that we'll, we'll, we'll probably have the most success yes. answering. Um, so yeah. yeah, have at it, and um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm yeah. excited because you know, like I said, we do we do hear from people, but it's much more of that. Like it's almost like the conversation just continuing yeah. from the podcast. <laughs> like after the podcast goes, like someone will right. you know we'll we'll talk with people and be like, you know, you brought this up and. You know, you said like your favorite Islander from from that team is is so and so. Mine is Milan Yurchina. <laughs> you know, then we just then I'll just start talking about yeah. that guy for a while. But um, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's exciting time. I can't. 
I really, it is funny because there's this thing on, on Zencast or like this is a little window and it just says, uh, you know, Islanders anxiety hyphen and then episode and then the number. Mm. And it's just been slowly ticking towards, um, you know, 200. And now it's, it's, it is funny to see it here. And the, the, the gamut of kind of emotions that have been, uh, run through those, those 200 episodes is, is, is quite stark. Mm. Um, from, like I said, like the rock bottom of July 1st, uh, when you obviously everybody knows what happened, um, to, to, a couple i mean i can remember a few off the top of my head that weren't playoff series clinchers mm. like um i remember when the, the islanders beat the jets uh, oh yes trots first season we talked about in the regular lot, season yeah. yeah with with that crazy comeback mm. and uh the celebration on the bench was like they clinched yeah uh and it was a game against the winnipeg yeah. jets like, well i remember that uh, and just that one against the canucks that it was a season mm-hmm. they weren't making the playoffs and they came back from whatever five goals down to yeah, they scored like seven in the yeah, in the, yeah, and like or even like you know we, we were talking about the the, the first season without uh, Franz Nielsen mm. and Kyle Oposo and, and and Matt Martin, mm. um, like that was heavy stuff, yeah. and then Matt Martin's back, right? <laughs> like it's 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 and, you know Nielsen and Oposo have have been gone for mm. we we basically what we started there last season and with the Islanders and uh, we've we've seen Franz Nielsen retired from the nhl basically and uh, go to the olympics and kyle oposo is now like a elder statesman with, right. with the buffalo sabers so it's just it's you know to go from from there and see see the 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 illustrious islander careers of you know peter <laughs> regan and, and pierre marc bouchard and stuff like that and, and and to get to then you know barzell and trots it's 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 been something and then of course the uh, going ping ponging back and forth between Barclays and the Coliseum yeah. and being in the Coliseum UBS saga. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, we could have, I mean, we, we started a whole other podcast just to talk about the Pierre Marc Bouchards and Peter Regans right. of, of the Islanders, but we could have started a whole other one just to talk about the arenas. Like we could have done a whole other, you know, Islanders arena anxiety podcast as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's startling and shocking to think about all the stuff that we covered. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but, uh, but we thank all of you for, for coming along with the ride on the ride f- with us, uh, whether you're, you've been there since the beginning or, or uh, are new and we have no plans on going anywhere. So we'll be back next season too. And we have obviously a lot more to go this season. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. We have a lot of cool, uh, cool ideas for weird Islanders too coming up. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, okay. Well, I mean, we had some other stuff kind of planned for, this episode, but they all fell through, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, <laughs> but I do have a cool ending uh, that we'll come up with. But uh, like I said, uh, tweet at us, uh, either DM or you know just just a, a regular tweet at us, and uh, we'll see if we can answer them on the ne- next episode, um, which will be in two weeks. But again, we will have a Weird Islanders next week guest and subject to be determined. So we'll find out. Uh, in the meantime, uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter to ask you questions for Weird Island for Islanders anxiety? <laughs> the, the the big lebowski with two e's follow mike at the big lebowski he has other podcasts about other teams that are playing right now <laughs> including line change and uh and wonder goal for soccer uh needs so check those out and of course read his work at the action network my twitter account is culture of losing still so you can find me there and tweet at me if you have any other questions and uh, again thanks uh, for coming on for the ride uh we of course do a lot of uh things uh bits about 32 thoughts, the podcast. And so I kind of wanted to leave this episode with a very 32 thoughts in ending, uh, which I thought would be kind of cool. And so uh, I reached out to a friend of mine 
and uh, I get to finally say the words. Taking us out is a four-piece <laughs> alternative rock band from Long Beach, Long Island. Family Dinner is going on tour shortly, so make sure you check them out. They have a great sort of classic alternative sound. Back in November, they opened for the Lemonheads, which is kind of a huge deal. If uh, I saw that on their Facebook, I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Uh, and uh, they are managed by a guy named Travis Riley, who is the front man for the legendary New York City hardcore band, This Is Hell. He also happens to be a huge Islanders fan and a buddy of ours and an all around great guy. So that's another reason to like family dinner. And from their EP that came out last year of the same name, this is You're So Cool, which I could say about our listeners and my co-host as well. You're so cool. <laughs> so thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you again in a little while. And this is Family Dinner with You're So Cool. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. <laughs>